You're listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's topic is entitled Love Story. Hello, my radio friends. It's so good to be with you again, and I'm very pleased you have joined me today. In 2 Timothy 3.16 is a verse that gives an overview of what's in the Bible. It goes like this. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible has many stories about how God has been active in people's lives, and it tells about some absolutely horrible things that happen to people. The fact that the Bible records the good and the bad, the lovely and the unlovely, is powerful evidence that it is true and can be relied upon. If everything in the Bible was sweetness and success, that would cast doubt on its veracity. But such is not the case. This time I want to share with you a love story from the Old Testament. It's found in Genesis chapter 24. And there's a good reason why I share this story with you. Maybe you can work out what is the most important issue before we reach the end. Abraham was a man of God. He had faith in God and usually obeyed him, even in very stressful circumstances. He learned to trust God implicitly. In his old age, he and his wife Sarah had a son, Isaac, a son whom God promised as all her life Sarah had been barren. While Isaac was still a young man, Sarah died, although Abraham was very old. But God blessed Abraham's faithfulness, and he was very rich. Abraham wanted his son Isaac, not to marry any of the local Canaanite girls, as the Canaanites were idol worshippers. An idol-worshipping wife would probably be a bad influence on Isaac. Abraham desired that Isaac should marry a girl from the region around Ur, where his relatives lived. They were not idol worshippers. So Abraham called his head servant, Eliezer, and made him a promise on oath. Well, at least Eliezer had to promise on oath the following, and we can read about it in Genesis 24, verses 3 and 4. Abraham said, I want you to promise me before the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, that you will see to it that my son Isaac does not marry one of the girls here in Canaan, but you will help choose a wife for him from my country, from among my relatives. 
But uh, what about if the girl does not want to come and live here? Eliezer said, What then? Abraham told his servant that the Lord would help him find a wife. But if she refused to come back, then Eliezer would be free from his promise. It was agreed. So Eliezer made preparations for the long trip. Verse 10 tells us, Since Eliezer was in charge of all that Abraham owned, he not only chose everything needed for the long trip, but also gifts for Abraham's brother Nahor and his family who were living near Haran. Then with ten loaded camels, he headed for Abraham's homeland in northern Mesopotamia. On the way, Eliezer thought of a plan of how he would choose the right girl, and this was his twofold plan. He would stop his journey very close to Heron near a well and wait until the girls came out toward evening to collect water for the households. He would ask for a drink. If a girl offered him a drink and then offered to fetch water for the camels to drink also, that would be the right girl for Isaac. So Eliezer prayed and put his plan to the Lord. And verses 15 to 20 continue the story. And they say this, Before he said, Amen, the first young woman from the city came to the well with a large water jar on top of her shoulder. Her name was Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, who was the son of Nahor, Abraham's brother, and of his wife Milcah. She was a very beautiful young woman and was still a virgin. She walked down the steps to the well to fill her large jar with water. And as she came up, Eliezer walked up to her and said, uh, Please, may I have a drink? She answered, Of course, I'll be happy to give you a drink. She lowered the large jar from her shoulder and held it for him while he drank. When he finished, she said, Your camels must be thirsty too. Let me get some water for them. She went over to where the camels were and emptied her large jar of water into the drinking trough, then ran back down the stairs to the well to get more. She did this until the camels were watered. You can imagine how Eliezer felt. He was utterly amazed. Right before his eyes, his prayer was answered. Rebecca was not only beautiful, but hospitable and extremely helpful. Now came a surprise for her. Eliezer took an expensive gold nose ring and two large golden bracelets. And he walked over to her and said, Thank you for what you've done. And he put the gold bracelets on her arms and gave her the gold nose ring. Eliezer asked Rebecca her name and whose daughter she was. 
He also asked if her father would mind if he and the other servants with him would be able to stay at her father's place that night. Rebecca felt certain that her father would be very happy to have these strangers stay overnight. She assured him that there was plenty of room, plenty to eat, and shelter and provender for the camels. Ah,、oh, this was just too good. Eliezer was almost overwhelmed. Now. Verses twenty-six to twenty-eight continue the story.、It、says, then the servant fell on his knees and, looking up to heaven, said in the hearing of Rebecca, "Thank you, Lord. May your name be praised. Truly, you are the God of my master Abraham. You have let me see your kindness and truthfulness." You have kept your promise to bless my master Abraham and his descendants, and you have led me straight to his relatives. When the young woman heard this, she ran home as fast as she could, and told her mother and brothers everything that happened. And you can imagine the reactions from Milka and her sons. Earlier. Rebecca had simply gone to the well to fetch water, and then excitedly came back with a fantastic story, and bearing two expensive gold bracelets, and an expensive ring to prove it. Laban, Rebecca's brother, after hearing what happened, raced off to the well to welcome Eliezer, Abraham's servant. And his party, and led them back to the family home. When they were there, Laban unloaded the camels and took them to the barn, gave them food, and then brought water for Eliezer and his men to wash before the evening meal. But before eating, Eliezer said, "Please, let the meal wait until I tell you the reason that I have come here." And Laban agreed. Then Eliezer told him that he was the servant of Abraham, who was Laban's uncle, and that God had mightily blessed Abraham, including giving him a miracle son, Isaac. Because Abraham wanted Isaac to marry one of his own people, Eliezer had been sent on a mission. To find a suitable wife for Isaac. Then Eliezer told Laban about how he had prayed at the well, and that the sign he had asked for was that a young woman would be willing to give him a drink, and then voluntarily offer to give his camels a drink. That would be the sign that this young woman would be the one whom God had chosen. As a wife for Isaac, Rebecca had met all the requirements. Eliezer then asked if Laban would be willing to allow her to return with him to become Isaac's wife. And from verses fifty to fifty-two, the Bible says, "Then Rebecca's father Bethuel and Laban, her oldest brother, said." 
since this is the Lord's doing, how can we say no? It's up to Rebecca. You need to ask her. She's the one who has to decide whether or not she thinks the Lord led you here and if she wants to marry your master's son. So Abraham's servant asked Rebekah, When he heard his, her acceptance, he fell on his knees and gave thanks to the Lord for all his blessings. With that, the meal had to wait even longer because Eliezer then opened the packs and gave gifts of gold and silver and jewellery and beautiful dresses for Rebekah and gifts for everyone. Then the meal could begin. And you know, that must have been a momentous meal. But Eliezer wanted to leave early the next morning. And again Rebecca was consulted to see if she was prepared to leave home so soon to go to distant Canaan to become Isaac's wife. She agreed. The next day the party set off, including now Rebecca and her maid. And it must have been several days' journey at least. One day, toward evening, Isaac was walking alone in the open country to meditate and pray, when in the distance he saw a camel caravan approaching. He sensed that it was his father's servant Eliezer. So he walked toward the caravan to meet the party. Now I know this is kind of exciting, but we're going to stop here and have a little break and go on straight afterwards.
just before the break, we learned how that when Isaac was out in the field, he saw the camel caravan coming and he started to walk toward it. And in verse 64 says, Rebekah was watching too because Abraham's servant told her that they were nearing home. She scanned the horizon and when she saw a man walking alone in the field, she sensed that it was Isaac. So she asked the caravan to stop and she slipped off the camel. She said to the servant, Is that Isaac walking in the field coming to meet us? The servant said, Yes, that's my young master. Then Rebekah took her veil and covered her face, as was the custom of young virgins to do. When they met, the servant greeted Isaac, introduced him to Rebekah, and told him everything that had happened. Then Isaac led the caravan to his father's encampment and took Rebekah to his mother's tent, and she became his wife. He loved her very much, and she loved him, and helped him over his grief from the loss of his mother. What a beautiful story. You know, truth is much better than fiction. And this is a true story about faithfulness, trust and fidelity. But there are some interesting features of this story that I'd like to explore with you. It's obvious that Abraham, although he made a couple of significant mistakes in his life, was a genuine man of God. In Hebrews chapter 11, often called the faith chapter, Abraham gets more mention than anyone else. He had committed his life to God and obeyed him even when he could not understand what God had in mind. As well, it appears that Eliezer was very much the same as his master, Abraham. Eliezer appears to be a man who had also committed his life to God, and that was fairly obvious, as Eliezer prayed fervently for guidance, and when his prayer was answered, he prayed again, giving his heartfelt thanks. Prayer was a normal part of Eliezer's life. Now here's a very important point that I want you to remember. When you commit your life to God and obey his commands and show that your commitment is genuine, that's when God can and will work in and through you. It is then that you can confidently place your requests before God and you will get an answer. It is also then that you will ask for things that are not just flippant, but things that will bring you closer to the Lord or will enable someone else to come to the Lord. Another thing that is of value to us in this story is this. Back then, unlike in our culture, the parents arranged marriages for their children. 
Abraham, like what good parents would also want, was that Isaac have a marriage that would benefit him. Abraham wanted Isaac to have a marriage of harmony and have a wife who had the same eternal interests as he. I think Abraham's decision that Isaac should marry one of his own people was very responsible of him. And from what the Bible has to say further, Isaac's marriage to Rebekah was a very successful one. Now, I would like us to learn something from Rebekah. Firstly, Rebekah must have been a very fit young woman. You may remember that after giving Eliezer a drink of water at the well, she offered to give water for the camels to drink. And a thirsty camel can drink a lot. If, say, each camel, and there were ten of them, drank twenty litres of water, and if Rebecca's jar held ten litres, she would have had to make forty visits to the well. There were steps going down to the underground stream. If, say, there were twenty steps, the descent and the ascent would mean she would have to climb about 1,600 steps. And that's more than to go up the Empire State Building in New York. Then, after she'd watered the camels, she ran home at top speed. Rebecca was very fit, she was beautiful, and she was willing to help a stranger. What a gracious young woman she was. And besides all that, Rebecca must have been a very godly young woman as she recognised the hand of God in guiding Eliezer to Haran. Further to that, she must have trusted the Lord because although she was stepping into the unknown, she went with Eliezer back to where Isaac lived to become his wife. If Isaac was the one who was left to organise whom he would marry, he couldn't have made a better choice of a wife. God was with Isaac, Abraham, Rebekah and Eliezer. And let me tell you here, friends, when you put the big issues of your life to God to work them out for you, God does not make any mistakes. And I can personally testify to that. When we're committed to God, we recognise how he works things out in our lives. My wife and I had an experience that parallels that of Isaac and Rebecca, and I praise God for bringing about an amazing resolution for us. In our case, I remember thinking to myself, can this be? It was so wonderful to realise that God was interested enough in me to answer my sincere prayer. It's always good to put your life in the hands of the Lord. At the end of the story, you may have noticed that Isaac was comforted after the death of his mother. Isaac obviously loved his mother, Sarah, and family love is a precious thing to have. In our home, 
We've tried to demonstrate love to our children by loving each other. I've taken heed of the wise saying, if you want to show love to your children, first love their mother. In fact, we look at it like this. We love God the most. Next is each other, our spouse. Then comes our children, and then other people next. And that's the priority order. If you want a happy home, put God first. The last takeaway message I want to share with you today is that God can and does intervene in the lives of people. Some people have the idea that God is up in heaven and leaves us to work out our own destiny alone. But that's not true. God promises to be with us and help us. He invites us to ask for what we need. God has done extraordinary things for me, and if you will commit your life to him, he will do extraordinary things for you. Friends, that's all for today. My wish for you is that you too will commit yourself to the Lord and build a strong relationship with him through prayer and obedience. And then you will have wonderful things happen in your life too.